At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. This was quite a weekend. The Dodgers swept the Cubs. The Kings shut out the Oilers to tie up the series. The LA Sparks have started their season 2-0, and and I hit a plus 520 Moneyline parlay on day one of the WNBA. So hopefully you had that kind of weekend. And if you didn't, hopefully we can get you right today. In today's show... Part one, MLB, both LA teams have games Monday. Dodgers at the Pirates in the early afternoon. And then the Angels hosting the Tampa Bay Rays in the evening. Three-game series coming up there. And then we'll get into the NBA playoffs, Monday games, and more. Have to play catch-up on the NBA playoffs. Got a little bit too distracted with the WNBA. And yes, I will be distracting you with it again. WNBA weekend recap. And of course... Some Tuesday action coming up. So action on Tuesday, two games. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. So starting with the Dodgers, minus 275 to win the NL West now. So just about a 10-cent move on that. Plus 215 to win the NL. A little bit of movement there. Not in the direction that you want if you want one of these tickets. Getting shorter every day. This Dodgers team is just so talented. Plus 475 to win the World Series. That is holding steady at Bet Rivers. Now Monday, their game's a little bit early. 3.35 p.m. Pacific time. The Dodgers, minus 240 money line. Run line, minus 143. We'll find some a little some ways to bet this that maybe uh, can get us just a little bit more value if you want to look to the Dodgers side here. Pirates plus 200 on the money line and their run line plus one and a half at plus 116. Total for this one at seven and a half. As for the Angels, also in action on Monday, 
They are plus 245 to win the AL West. 9 to 1 to win the AL. This was 11 to 1 last week. 9 to 1 now. 25 to 1 to win the World Series. And this is 33 to 1, not but 2 weeks ago, so already a drop. Monday, 6:40 p.m. Pacific time, so evening game here. Angels host game 1, uh inviting the Rays over to the beautiful Los Angeles weather. The Angels uh no line for this one just yet, but the Angels uh, likely to be favored here, which is surprising given the history between these two teams. More on that in a moment. Uh, as for the WNBA, the LA Sparks are 25-1 to to win the championship. Not even a top 6-7 team to be looking at necessarily, but certainly a lot more exciting than they have been uh, at least last year. In the NHL, Game 5 is going to be on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Kings and the Oilers. The Kings plus 163 on the money line. The Oilers minus 200 at Bat Rivers Series all tied up. As I mentioned, they shut them out 4-0 on Sunday. Nice to see some fight back in the Kings. Obviously, it was looking kind of bleak in the last two games. Uh, but now series tied up at 2-2, and it heads back to the Oilers. You can see why they're heavy favorites here. Kings plus 163. We'll have to see who's in goal before I make any bets on that just yet. But exciting to have that kind of become a, a more intense series again. And it is hockey playoff time, and Bet Rivers has a special offer, of course, through the entire NHL playoffs. Throughout the playoffs, you can place a 3 uh, excuse me, you can place three same-game parlays of $10 or more on each round and receive a $10 free bet at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a betting hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays on the BetRivers app or on BetRivers.com. You can find all these odds and more at BetRivers Sportsbook. Let's get into the Dodgers who swept the Cubs over the weekend, and it wasn't even close. 7-0 to in Game 1. 6-2, to two, and then 7-1 to one to wrap it up. The Dodgers run line, you can see why you don't even get plus money on them minus one and a half runs. That's just how good they are. They're 19-7 and seven this season, 9-5 and five on the road, and they are back on the roads here uh, as they head to this three-game series at the Pirates. And something to note about the NL West, by the way, pretty contentious, as we know. I mean, the Giants being in there as well, but all five teams are over 500, even the Diamondbacks. So... Might be worth a, a look at even somebody else uh, within the division. And by that, I probably mean the Giants. I know I've mentioned this before on this podcast, but be, just because you get a lot better value and they could win that win that division for sure. Um, moving on, though, to this game, Pirates, Monday afternoon. Julio Urias on the mound. I feel like I, I'm constantly having Urias games that I'm previewing here. Uh, he's 2-1 right now. 1.88 ERA and a .92 whip. Sounds about right for Julio. That's through 24 innings of pitching so far this season. Uh, compared to last season or seasons past, his strikeout numbers slightly down, walks slightly up, but again, still very early in the season and still such a reliable pitcher. So lucky to have on the Dodgers. On the other side, it uh, looks like Jose Quintana, the lefty, getting the start. So, of course, something that a lot of people have noted is that the Dodgers have not hit as well against lefties, uh, especially, especially notable for the Dodgers as opposed to some other teams. Uh, they're still the Dodgers, <laughs> so keep that in mind. But yes, lefty pitcher, something to keep in mind. Uh, Quintana, 0-1 so far, 3.38 ERA, and a 1.25 whip through his 24 innings that he's had so far this season. Uh, I, as I said, this is very d tough to bet on the Dodgers because you're just you're having to have, deal with so much juice. The Dodgers' money line, 
Not even $2. It's minus $240 here. And I know it's the Pirates, so of course, but I mean, even the run line is minus 143, and they've been so successful on that run line. If you've been betting that, then you know all 18 of the Dodgers' wins this season have been by at least two runs. They've been favored in every single game. 18-7 and seven overall, 18-7 ATS. So LA run line, always a, a very solid option in terms of an actual win, but not always the most valuable in terms of actual value because, again, even here, you're getting minus 143. You're not even getting the dime line here. Uh, that said, something that's a couple cents shorter, Dodgers to score first and win, minus 135 on Bet Rivers. That's a game prop up on the Bet Rivers um, app. So you can look Dodgers to score first and win. I think that's pretty solid again. You're looking at a parlay there. Two things have to happen, but a little bit better value and probably the most likely scenario, especially given the pitching matchup. And yes, again, they're facing the Quintana, a lefty. And something else I would look at as well, uh, an under possibly. The Dodgers' unders have been hitting as well, and that's a testament to their pitching. Uh, they lead all of baseball with a starting pitching ERA of 1.86, so especially probably going to see juice on that first five under. But I could see this going full game under for both of these Um and so that's where I would look for a little bit more value than having to go with that run line, even though that run line seems like it caches every week. Every week, it seems. Now let's talk about the Angels, who wrapped up their series versus the Nationals on Sunday with a win. They won two of those three. The Angels have slowed their pace a little bit here in terms of their offense. They did win the opener of this series 3-0 to zero, and then lost 7-3 to three on Saturday, but did wrap it up with a win, so there's that. But as you can see, a little bit lower scoring for them and very hard to predict when they're going to be able to uh, actually deliver on that front, especially because a lot of those innings uh, or excuse me, a lot of those runs happen in later innings for the Angels after we get, after we get out of that first five to six innings. So uh, it can be a little bit dicey betting totals with this Angels team right now. They were a team that out of the gate, we were seeing a lot more overs. I don't know that that's always been the case now as of the last six to seven games. They're hosting the Rays in a three-game series starting Monday night. The Rays have won 20 of their last 26 games versus the Angels. Last season, the Rays won six of seven against the Angels. And currently, they're on a six-game winning streak. So I like to look to the Rays side of things here. As I said at the time of recording, no, no lineup for this just yet. I would lean Rays here, assuming that you might be able to get a little bit of value on that line. Um... Tampa Bay, probably going with Corey Kluber here on the mound. He's 1-1, one 2.36 one, ERA, 1.05 whip. That's really solid. And the Angels going with Noah Syndergaard, who I think has impressed so far. He's 2-1, two 2.36 two ERA, so same ERA actually as Corey Kluber right now. And his whip, 0.96. Again, if we're new to whip as a metric, 1 is very good. Anything under 1 very, very good, right? So 0.96 there for Noah Syndergaard. I think he's really fitting in nicely with this Angels team. This could be a game where we see an under. And like I mentioned, the Rays actually have done a really good job at the plate. I haven't mentioned that, but they've done a really good job at the plate. But I did mention that the Angels offense has slowed down a bit. Shohei Otani just four hits over his last eight outings. Needs to pick it up a little bit. On the plus side... The Angels' bullpen has started to look solid. They're posting a 2.79 ERA and a 4.22 FIP. So with that said, cautiously optimistic of an under. Uh, but 
the Rays and the Angels are both capable of scoring big, especially in the later innings, as I mentioned. So I would rather look at something like first five under or just pass on this and let the Angels kind of work their kinks out before we start getting back into action on them. Now then, coming up, let's talk about the NBA because I have not been giving it the attention it deserves and we're going to do it today before we get into the WNBA a little bit later on. This is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Avari, still here and just getting back into my NBA betting because honestly, the WNBA, as you know, got underway on Friday. So that took up a lot of my time, but catching back up and definitely watched a lot of basketball on Sunday between the NBA and the WNBA, obviously NBA playoffs going on right now. So taking a look at these series odds, series prices, just to start here, the Bucks and the Celtics, the Bucks are favored to win the series right now, minus 177 on Bet Rivers, series tied up at one each. The Celtics are plus 145. Uh, game three also coming up for the Warriors and the Grizzlies. That series also tied up at 1-1. The Warriors are minus 1,000. The Grizzlies Grizzlies are plus 620. Uh, that just goes to show you what people think about the Grizzlies situation, given that John Morant re-injured his knee in the most recent game. More on that in a moment. And then if we look at the Sixers and the Heat, the Sixers right now, plus 135. The Heat, minus 162. And this series tied up at two games each, headed for a game five. But the Heat are still favored here, and that could be reflected based on Joel Embiid's injury. But... I'm not sure that I'm convinced that the Sixers should be the dog in this match here. Uh, then finally, of course, the Mavs and the Suns. The Mavericks are plus 210 and the Suns minus 265. Uh, so you can find all those odds and more at Bet River Sportsbook. I'm going to start with the Mavs and the Suns here because we saw this game on Sunday. Mavs win 111 to 101. Low scoring affair, but the total for this one was ridiculously um, ridiculously low, I believe. So no surprise there to see a lower scoring game. That said, um, the first two games, the Suns strategy, if you will, was to let Lucas sort of tire himself out and do everything. And he did it. He did it well. Uh, and then all of a sudden the Mavs realized, oh, the rest of us have to score for this to work out. We need to help out. And so they were able to kind of get back on track in game three. They won game three on Friday, 103 to 94. Jalen Brunson showing up in a big way. He led Dallas in scoring with 28 points on 10 of 21 shooting. And then the Mavs defense also helped out a lot. They held the Suns to around one point per possession, more or less. Plus they were forcing turnovers. And then of course, being able to limit Chris Paul and Devin Booker to a combined 30 points again in game three on Friday. So that's what was working really successfully for them. It also helps out that the Suns were not shooting particularly well. And what was going on with Chris Paul? Now, Friday was his birthday. I had some birthday boy bets on him. I thought perhaps he would go off a little bit. Um, and also just because of the nature of this game and this matchup. And nevertheless, uh, he struggled, had turnovers. And then we see game four, and he's not really able to right the ship either. He struggles with some foul trouble. So kind of taking the Chris Paul factor out of the equation a little bit and limiting Devin Booker the way they've been able to the Mavs have been successful here in game three game four and able to tie up this series now we're going to have a game five on Tuesday the Suns right now about a six point favorite total sitting at 213 Phoenix can win this we know this like I said the Suns were favored to win this series heavily they were favored to win the West it was like we talked about the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference heading into NBA playoffs and it was 
The Suns are the team to beat in the West, and the East is more interesting. And I understand, because the Celtics and the Nets, we get them in Series 1, and that's great. And then now we're getting Celtics-Bucks, which again could be a championship-caliber matchup. And it's more exciting on the East. But it was almost like a foregone con- like conclusion that the Suns were going to just be dominant in the West. And that's not necessarily been the case. Now we're starting to see, obviously, the Warriors surge a little bit. Grizzlies have been a lot of fun to watch as well. More on that matchup in a moment. But I think it is surprising to see that the series is tied up at 2-2 to two here. People forget about injuries, of course. We know that Devin Booker probably not paying at 100% because he possibly still dealing with that hamstring injury that was supposed to take him out for a couple weeks that he came back from relatively quickly. So, uh, yes, in this situation, it's pretty much Luka versus the Suns, but the Mavs have done a great job of spreading that ball out and creating offense in other areas so that the focus is not so, so much on Luka, and it's been really successful for them. Their defense has been really successful. Again, two pretty low-scoring games here, hundred or 212 points scored in Game 4, and... 197 in game three. So really low scoring affair, similar to that Celtics and Bucks series. Um, interested to see if that continues. I think it has to. Pace is very much going to determine this series for me. Phoenix can win and cover if they run that high speed, high efficiency, keyword efficiency offense. That's going to force Dallas to keep up with them on the offensive side of things. And again, it's pretty much Luka who's going to have to do that. He can. But that's the way the Phoenix Suns have to play this. So, again, total sitting at 213 for this one. The last game went to 212 points. If Dallas is going to win this, they have to keep things slow. But also keep containing Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I've just, it's, it's, it's on, Dav, uh, excuse me, it's on Dallas's plate right now to have to contain Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But at the same time, it almost seems like Chris Paul has been containing himself in some ways. Cause like I said, sloppy game, three turnovers, game four foul issues. So that needs to correct itself in some ways. And also the Mavs outshot them from deep. They shot 20 of 44 from deep on Sunday and the Suns went nine of 25. That's not going to get it done. Right? So in that situation, I'd have to look, to taking the points with the Mavs. I lean taking the points with the Mavs. I think the Suns are a very, very talented team. I think Chris Paul is just a moment away from snapping back into himself, hopefully. But the Mavs have put up an incredible fight, and now they've tied up this series. Game 5 on Tuesday. I lean Mavs with the points. And I'm interested to see if you're going to go with the Mavs in this game. You might look at an under. I do think this total has gotten a little bit too low for the talent and the star power that's in this game. Uh, And I know that that is hilarious to say, given that there's a Buck Celtics matchup that has also been that total and has also been scoring very low. Those two defenses have been incredible, though, especially the Celtics. Let's move over to that one, actually. Bucks Celtics. So Bucks lead this series two to one. The Celtics, when these lines open for the series lines, were the favorites to win this. And yes, that was a reaction to Chris Middleton being out for the Bucks. And how are they going to look without him because he was such a critical piece? But Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player. In the league right now. He just is. In game three, 42 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, all while shooting 16 of 30 from the floor. He's also just making the players around him better too. Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday are able to get their shots off as well. Uh, The offense is just moving a lot better. So if you have Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team, yeah, no shock there that the Bucs are able to get ahead in this series. That said, the Celtics defense has been their bread and butter. It's what they've relied on. We've seen them rely on that since January. And I think that they need to figure out how to make this offense work. It's pretty obvious, right? I mean, their defense has been carrying them. 
Tatum has been the interesting case in this matchup because the Bucks have been a good job of giving him a hard time in that first series versus the Nets. He looked great. And now he's averaging just 20 points per game against the Bucks, and he only had 10 points in game three. So the line for game four on Monday, Bucks are a one-point favorite at the Celtics. Celtics have home court here. I think, again, with their just impressive defense, and if they can figure out a way to limit those points in the paint that the Bucks are putting up, I mean, 52 points in the paint in game three for the Bucks. They have to figure out how to... Uh, temper that a little bit it's almost like they're battling points in the paint versus the bucks are allowing anything from three something has to give right the celtics offense has to start making those threes and putting them up and shooting them a lot more and effectively and efficiently or they have to figure out how to limit Giannis in the paint which one sounds like a more doable task probably shooting the threes um that said 212 is the total for this one. Oh, just about every, every one of these games has gone under this number i believe Games one and two of the series stayed well under average of 192.5 points per game in the first two. And the Bucks have allowed 100 points or less in five of seven playoff games. So under 212, if you wanted to ride that under train, I would not disagree with you. Uh, of course, it might be too late, right? It's kind of one of those things where it's been unders every game. It can't possibly continue this way, can it? But it just might. So uh, I think I will be going in on this under 212 myself. For Monday's action. Again, Bucks, about a one point favorite, but pick them at a lot of spots as well. And total for this one sitting at 212. Keep in mind, trend wise, Boston is 5 and 1 ATS in their last six games and 9 and 1 ATS in their last 10 games against the Bucks. So, yes, this is pretty much a toss up game. It's not necessarily a big spread to have to cover, but the Boston teams get it done is usually what I'm seeing here. And they are down two to one in the series. So maybe they have that motivation factor. Maybe we'll see the zigzag effect, if you will. What about Warriors and Grizzlies? How fun has this one been? It's almost like the, the stars of, I don't want to say yesterday, but like maybe stars of this morning versus the stars of right this moment. Because we're seeing Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. And just, I mean, as somebody who's from the Bay Area, especially what a special team this was that won that championship back in 2015 and how far they've come. And then just a couple of years later, still looking at being in championship contention in a lot of ways. And at least the odds reflect that. Now we have this young gun team, the Grizzlies, with John Morant at the head, and it's been so fun to watch them work their way through the playoffs so far. And they're kind of the stars of tomorrow, right, in the NBA. So really interesting series. Unfortunately, age before beauty, I think, or whatever it's called. But the Warriors won game three on Saturday, 142 to 112. I don't know if we could say beauty. Which one's like the, the more beautiful team? I don't know. Steph Curry's shot is a is a thing of beauty, so I'm going to just give the edge to them. I guess they have age and beauty, but that said, 142 to 112. Now, part of that, of course, has to do with John Morant re-injuring his right knee late in the game. Jordan Poole kind of grabbed at it when they were fighting for a loose ball, and Ja, I think, retweeted this, and he said something similar to what uh, Coach Steve Kerr said about the Dylan Brooks injuring Gary Payton the second. In the game before that, uh, said something about, like, broke the code and something that Steve Kerr had said as well. So, obviously not happy with the way that that play went down. I don't think that Jordan Poole was doing anything malicious. He said that he was not doing that, said it was a basketball play, and that he would never try to injure anybody. And I believe him. There's players I don't believe, and there's players we know that are, like, the dirtier players. I don't think that that's Jordan Poole. Of course, we're just getting our first 
real looks at him as he's broken out into the playoff scene this this season. But that said, I get why Jaw would be upset. And obviously, we know his right knee is hurt. But again, I don't think that that's anything that was done deliberately. Regardless, he had 34 points on 13 of 21 shooting. And he left with just about six minutes left, I believe. So still did a lot of damage while he was in there. But the Warriors just absolutely blasted him, 142 to 112. As I said, this is the one game where if you like high-scoring affairs, this is the series to watch for sure. And the Warriors in true warrior form shot 63%. Now keep in mind, if you want to bet an over on this next game, that you probably will see a little bit of regression. Now it is the Warriors we're talking about, so that does that does change things a little bit. Uh, but they're 10 and a half point favorites in this game and minus 560 on the money line. Total for this one, 224 and a half. The Warriors could shoot 61% on any given night, or 63, excuse me. Clay also looked really solid. Clay Thompson looked great. He shot 8 of 13 with four three-pointers. So nice to see him kind of getting back into that form because there was a point in these playoffs where we were all like, what is Clay Thompson doing? So good to see him kind of get a little bit better with that. Also, something to note with these, when you look back at the series, at least in the regular season between these two teams, the Warriors were hurt a lot of this season, as I'm sure you're aware. We didn't really get to see them against the Grizzlies in true form. John Morant versus Steph Curry and Draymond and Clay. We haven't seen that really. And so now we're seeing it and we're seeing just how powerful that is for the Warriors. And again, John Morant likely out for game four. Now, we've known teams to, you know, dance around the edge and not disclose injuries and just pay fines and just let people know very last minute. Never mind, John Morant is playing. But I think even with him playing, the Warriors are the just the better team. I think the Grizzlies are outmatched here. And unfortunately, Jaw is the heart and soul of this team. And if he can't be at 100%, I don't like having to back this Grizzlies team. It's really unfortunate, though, because I don't want to bet against them either. And I certainly do not want to lay double digits against them. So I'm not going to be looking to bet Warriors minus 10.5. You could get 10s out there as well, I believe. I'm interested to see what this will look like closer to game time as far as the line is concerned. But no Jaw Morant. It makes a lot of sense, especially when they beat them by 30 points in game three that the Warriors could easily cover this spread. I lean that way, but I'm absolutely not betting a double-digit spread on the Warriors, especially with the amount of fight the Grizzlies have shown. And also one thing to note as well, Steven Adams was available to play for the first time in this series for the Grizzlies after coming out of the health and safety protocols, but it was kind of almost too late when we finally did see him. So maybe he can help out a little bit more in Game 4. That would be incredible to see. I was kind of asking that when I was watching this series, is who is the big. Who's the big for the Grizzlies here? They need somebody down low. And it was very, very apparent in game three. I mean, they just completely got outboarded. And yeah, points in the paint as well. So game three, Warriors out-rebounded the Grizzlies 21-14 to in the first half. And then 53-37 and overall. So it was very, very obvious that that was a discrepancy. And also... Warriors consistently beating them in points in the paint as well in this series. So Steven Adams can assist with both of those things in theory. I don't think enough to win this. Of course not. I think the Warriors to win for sure. If the, if the Grizzlies win this, that'd be an incredible upset. And there is that whole angle of when your teammate goes down, especially the heart and soul teammate doing it for him and coming back and rallying and balling out because jaw is down um, or maybe jaw even balls out, but I don't know. I think that knee is going to give him a lot of trouble, but we'll see. Keep in mind, Golden State at home is just elite. 
four and zero playing at home during this postseason, and forty nine and eleven dating back to their twenty fifteen title run. That yes, they did win. So. Betting uh, against Golden State at home absolutely could not be me. If you want to throw Golden State in a money line parlay somewhere, absolutely do that. I'm not going to lay the points with them. I could see them easily covering this, especially if Jaw is not going to be playing. This was seven, by the way, before we found out the Jaw news. It was Warriors by seven, so they were saying Jaw was worth three points to this team, which speaks volumes about this really young, fun player. All right, one last game to look at in the NBA. Uh, Heat and Sixers, which is... Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. Absolutely, we know that. But he is playing with a torn thumb ligament and a broken face. He's a broken orbital bone. And yet still, his presence pulls defenders towards him. And it's doing incredible things for his teammates. We're finally seeing a little bit out of James Harden. Hi, welcome back to the team. Nice of you to score some points, do some good things. Um, the Sixers are looking good. The Heat team, honestly, we talk about injuries here. They're beat up a little bit, too, if you look at their injury report. Nobody's exactly 100%. Kyle Lowry certainly doesn't look 100%. I believe hamstring for him. Tyler Hero, ankle was listed questionable, not 100%. And they're kind of forcing him to move a little bit quicker in some places, and that's forcing a little bit of turnover. So we're seeing that as well, not as reliable. But I will say, Miami has the better coach. Love Spolstra here. And definitely has more playoff experience. The Sixers have Joel Embiid. A busted one at that. So that's really a discussion it becomes about. It's interesting because we're talking about John Morant with the Grizzlies and what he means to the point spread and what he means to that team. Not only not only literally to the point spread, but literally means to that team. He's the heart of that team. He's been kind of the heart of the playoffs in a lot of ways. Um, but you could also say that Joel Embiid is the heart of this team in a lot of ways because it's showing so much grit for him to be playing through what he's playing through and how much pain he must be in. I want to know which one's distracting which. Like, is the thumb hurting more than the face? I think it's got to be the face, right? And I also don't understand how this mask is protecting his face. Is there, like, a little bit of space under the mask and then, like, contact points on the side? How How is this actually going to protect him from not losing a shard of bone into his eye if somebody hits him? Uh, it's just got to be incredibly painful. And from a playing standpoint, he's going to draw defenders, which is incredible. And his defense is something I haven't even uh, talked about yet. His defense has been incredible. I mean, Bam Adebayo on the Heat... Incredible through games one and two. Embiid makes his life a lot harder after that. He averaged 23.5 points on 71% shooting in the first two games. So nearly 24 points average and 71% shooting. And then in game three, nine points. He just hasn't been as effective. Game four, same situation, not as effective. Sixers win that one 116-108 to 108 on Sunday to tie up the series at two each. So... There's just the defensive factor as well. He's going to pull defenders on offense, and he's going to create really, really solid defense on the other end, which is incredible given, again, the injuries. I'm sorry. He's playing through a lot of stuff. So if you weren't a Joel Embiid fan before, you absolutely should be now. Game 5 is on Tuesday. This series is playing at a snail's pace, it seems. But we did see an over on Sunday, 116-108. to 108. This total was really low. And I could see an over happening again if the total is too low. It was 208 for game four. And I get it again. Injured Joel and, and all of that. Eight games uh, that these teams have played against each other this season, including the regular season. Eight games total. And the over has hit six times in those games. So I think we could, could see an over here. It's not necessarily a play I'm hot on, but definitely could see that happening again, especially because I think the total's gotten just a tad too low um, in this series. 
we look here, 210 at Bet Rivers for Tuesday's 5.30 p.m. Or excuse me, 4.30 p.m. Pacific game. And the Heat, three and a half point favorites, minus 155 on the money line. You can take the Sixers on the money line at plus 130. But again, 210 for the total. It's better than 208 for sure. This only went over the total hmm, 116 to 108. Faster pace. Mm. Tough, tough, tough. It's been a really, really slow series, so it's tough to want to bet an over on it. Plus, you guys know, say it with me, I hate betting overs. But uh, for those who actually enjoy watching people score points, unlike me, and have that affliction, uh, this would be a possible overplay for me, too, especially with that total sitting at 210. Another thing to look at, Jimmy Butler. It's been the Jimmy Butler show. His points, rebounds, and assists combined prop for game four was around 34, 35 and a half. He's averaging 40 points, rebounds, and assists or more through this postseason so far. Um, and he's had to kind of take control again because Kyle Lowry not at 100%, etc. So Jimmy Butler, ride that points, rebound, and assist train for game five, maybe an over. I could see that happening easily, especially because the Heat are down in this series. Um, or not down. The series is now tied up. And it's interesting how Joel's injury has made this such a contentious match. But I think the Heat are a little bit outmatched here. At least seems that way in these last two games. We'll see if they can turn it around. They're favored here. Eileen taking the points with the Sixers. But that has been so tough throughout playoffs, has it not? I'm going to stick with the total and possibly some Jimmy Butler props. Uh, that said, that is our NBA discussion we have WNBA to discuss as well I'm going to tell you about how the weekend looked how the first couple games looked how the new look of the teams are and also there's two games going on on Monday that we have to talk about this is the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet Rivers Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same game parlay. You decide, log on to the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm Danielle Avari, and I am having way too much fun watching the WNBA. I really am, guys. And it's funny because I started the season on Friday 4-2, and two, which was great because one of those wins, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm going to keep bragging about it. I have to, at least for today, uh, was a plus 520 Moneyline parlay. That was all four of the games. I picked the winner of each game, and I think... I don't know the, remember the last time I've hit one of those, but picking all four games and getting the winner right, that always feels good. And that plus 520 definitely doesn't hurt. So that was a great start to Friday. Got me up in units. Uh, but then I made some live bets, which, again, we're all, we're all learning here, right? We should always be learning or you're just, if you learn everything or you think you know everything, then you give up your right to learn something new. So we're all learning here. And what I did on Saturday in the Sun Liberty game, and yes, Sun, just the one, Connecticut Sun. We're not talking Phoenix Suns here. The Sun versus the New York Liberty game on Saturday. I decided to make some live bets, part, partially because I forgot what time the game started at. Honestly, I had things going on on Saturday, but... I got in on the game uh, a little bit late, was able to get in live, and I got the Sun minus one and a half, and I thought this is great because the Sun were obviously favored by a lot more pregame, and they fell behind a little bit, but I trusted that they were the more experienced team. Uh, they're, you know, 
plus 350, one of the top two or three teams in the odds to win the championship this year. They're really highly respected. Their coach won coach of the year last year. You know all the things. They have the MVP, most improved player. The Liberty on the other side, of course, Sabrina Ionescu makes a splash. A lot of people know her, remember her from her days at Oregon. She hasn't broken through necessarily in the WNBA yet, but that was largely due to an ankle injury. We know what she's capable of. And now we're starting to see that and how fun is that? Not fun for my bet. It was not fun for my bet, but she's starting to make those threes, starting to make those plays that make her team dangerous. And I love, again, this Liberty team because they are going to shoot the three ball and they are going to play a little bit more I guess I would say NBA style basketball uh, and it's really fun to watch and it's a similar kind of thing that we saw her do at Oregon so that's been exciting. I also thought that this was a no-brainer to go with the Sun who I believe were six and a half point favorites beforehand and I liked them to cover that frankly but I got them at one and a half. It didn't cover. The Liberty won this game and I was surprised especially because Benajah Laney was not playing for the Liberty in this game and that's my girl on this team. I think that she's so so critical, but it just goes to show you how much they added to this team in the offseason. Natasha Howard looked great for them as well in the post. Um so that said, made some live bets that did not pan out and that's okay, right? We're learning people. She says with with my teeth gritted. Uh no, live bets this early in the season especially on a season that is so short is tough because I need to see what these teams look like. There's so many new faces. They're just starting to play together for the first time in live games. And so trying to do live bets where you very much need to know the rhythm of games before you can do that, I don't think that that's something I'm going to continue with. I think it's going to be pre-flop. And especially in the WNBA, again, I think you see more value in the NBA for sure. My NBA live bets have been lit this season. But the WNBA has not uh, panned out at least this first day. Um, and I think that's just because you need to see these teams a little bit more and get an idea, a feel for how these games are going to go, what these teams are going to look like. And again, missing some players still not at full strength for some of these teams. And so that's also tough is not really knowing what it's going to look like when they put those pieces back in. So that said, I think less live betting on the WNBA, which is unfortunate because you guys know I love a live bet, but that's okay. I don't spend a lot of time live betting baseball either. And you just find the sports that works best for you. And that's why you keep track of your bets. So Started Friday 4-2, and two, hit the 520 parlay. Yay, feeling great. And then Sparks covered for me on Sunday as well. I liked the Sparks in their game. Um, and they won and covered on Sunday as well. As I said, started 2-0. and oh. So now I'm 5-4, and four, which mm, doesn't sound as good as 4-2 and two did. But we're still up four units because of that Moneyline parlay. So love it. Two games on Tuesday. Uh, we can get into those briefly, but a lot can change between then and now. So keep that in mind. And as always, feel free to follow me on Twitter. Lots of fun. Um, lots of fun content. I think so. If you follow me on Twitter and you're like, it's not that fun. Uh, don't tell anybody. Let them figure it out on their own. But first, three takeaways from the weekend, the first weekend. Number one, Aces and Storm, teams that played on Sunday, the most fun rivalry in the league. They just are right now. They are. And and I, I was going to put one of or whatever you want to say. They're must-watch TV when they play each other. And there's some kind of animosity. And it's from that like championship not but two, three years ago. And obviously probably beyond as well. Like me just joining, just joining and getting really involved in the last three years. But they're so fun to watch. They're so fun to watch each other. And, and the level of talent on it. I mean, Asia Wilson versus Brianna Stewart, incredible. So number one takeaway, if there's an Aces and Storm game on, you want to be watching it. Uh, number two, Mystics. The Mystics. Uh, I was not sure what to expect from this team because everybody hung their hat on health. It's going to come down to that. Elena Deladon, 
Ariel Atkins, Natasha Cloud, underrated. Underrated three right here. Like this is this is a big three that's gonna cause a lot of havoc in this WNBA, and they are not messing around and they are not happy they missed playoffs last year. So uh underrated and very excited to see what they do this season. Number three, takeaway. The Sparks are back. They're 2-0 to start the season. Now, are the Sparks going to go win the championship this year? No. There's too much talent at the top. But it's great to see them back in that winning culture. And it was interesting because ESPN had an article where they had these quotes from the head coach and from Neka Ogomike. And Derek Fisher, their head coach, said, I want us to matter in LA again because right now we don't. And I thought that was so telling because who do we have here? We have the Dodgers. We have the Lakers. We have the Clippers. We have uh, the Kings are in the playoffs right now. There's just so much talent and sports, really, really sports excellence in Los Angeles that they feel like they kind of blend into the background. In fact, as I said, Neka Ogwamike said that they feel like the middle child in such a crowded sports market. So it almost feels like the Sparks aren't even competing with other WNBA teams in their mind. They're competing against like the Lakers that are down the street from their training facility, right? So in that regard, I hope to see them take leaps and bounds this season. I hope that they're trying to be that Showtime team. Uh, last season, they fell one win short of making the playoffs. That's not going to happen again this season. Uh, they had a top three defense each of the past six years. The defense has not been the issue. It's when you had Candace Parker leave that transition time. NECA even said that this is the most she felt. Just, I mean, she didn't say this, but I would say it seems like a chicken with your head cut off, right? Like, she, what she actually said was that Candace was the Batman to her Robin, and they were trying to figure that out last season. So... I think that they look a lot, lot more solid. They made the perfect additions in my mind. They were lacking really on offense and rebounding. That needed help badly. Their defense was very solid, and they loved to shoot threes. They didn't always go in, but they tried. That's how they ran it. Enter Liz Cambage and Jordan Canada, okay? So Jordan Canada looks stellar in the opening, and it was funny to me because I was kind of like chattering about her all week through you know different channels with different people. And everyone's like, oh, you just like her because she's a UCLA person. Well, sure, of course. But I got to watch her at UCLA and I was like, this girl's special. And then I saw her go to play for Seattle behind Sue Bird and thought, wow, great. She gets to learn behind Sue Bird. And, and then kind of, oh, it sucks that she has to play behind her. But almost a better situation to me than having to come out of the gate like a lot of these Indiana Fever new talented players are going to have to do. They're going to have to learn on the fly. Um, Jordan looked great in game one. Liz looks great. Uh, Friday, both teams, uh, they played the Sky, the Chicago Sky, the defending champs, and both teams shot about 50%. Both made seven threes, so fun. But the Sparks shot 33 free throws and made 27 of them, and that was pretty much the decider between this game. This went into overtime. Incredible, incredible work by NECA. But one note, just to be a little bit of a negative Nancy, same as last season, they're very good at creating turnovers, but they also turn the ball over a lot themselves. Needs to be addressed. Early in the season. Very, very early. Game two, uh, they played the Fever on Sunday. As I said, they covered again, won again. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites. They shot 48%, 34 of 71 overall, but only one of 10 from three-point range. So again, love to throw them up. Some games, they just don't go in for them, so that needs to become more consistent. They did make 18 of 20 from the free-throw line. Gotta love that 80% shooting. And then Indiana, figuring it out, hashing it out. I think it's going to be really interesting to see Indiana form as the season moves on because they have this young talent and what they're going to look like at the end of the season from the start of the season, I think is going to be very drastically different. 
Tuesday games, really quick. Links at the Fever, 4 p.m. Pacific time. The other game is the Aces at the Mystics, also at 4 p.m. Pacific time. You're going to have to do a little Sophie's Choice there. Uh, I would suggest the Aces Mystics if you absolutely need a suggestion. But I love watching the Baby Fever. You know I love it. They're the less experienced team, seven rookies. Uh, Queen Egbo, by the way, the Baylor standout, looked incredible in her opening games. Destiny Henderson, how do you not love Destiny Henderson? 20th overall pick for them. She's already stepping up and doing a great job. Lexi Hull from Stanford got her ankles broken by <laughs> Natasha Cloud of the Mystics, which I think was an initiation, like, welcome to the league. And also, by the way, she got right back up and on defense, so I think she did a great job there. But um, it was in the Fever Mystics game, it was very interesting, to, as I had previewed, this was going to be a veteran squad that was not messing around with this season after missing playoffs last season versus a fever team who had a complete retool and overhaul and has so many different players and a different coach and different everything that just came in and was like, well, we're just trying to, we're just trying to do our best. And the mystics are like, get out of our way. And that's exactly what um, Natasha did. And you should check out the clip because I think Lexi took it like a champ. That said, lots of young talent on this fever team. So I'm going to be monitoring this as the season progresses. They'll be playing the Lynx. On Friday night, the Lynx lost to the Seattle Storm, 97-74. Then they lost to the Mystics on Sunday, 78-66. to I call them the missing Lynx right now, just not quite dialed in yet. They don't have Nafisa Collier because she's dealing with, uh, not dealing with, but going through her pregnancy. And Sylvia Fowles is having to carry the team herself, it seems, right now. Bottom line is one of these teams will get their first win on the season on Tuesday. It should be the Lynx. But the way the Fever have been battling with all their shiny new talent, it could be a tough fight. I'm excited to see what they do. Uh, should be the Lynx to win, I think. We'll see. Uh, Aces at Mystics also at 4 p.m. Aces are plus 350 to win the title. Mystics are 18 to 1, which is worth a flyer right now, honestly. If Elena Deladon stays at the, the level we saw her at in Game 1 for the rest of the season, and I know that's silly to say, but the season is short, uh, this could be kind of a steal getting them at 18 to one might be something I honestly take a flyer on have a little mystics ticket. Uh, so the aces started off with a road win over the mercury who I think I almost felt disrespectful to bet against the mercury the way that I did, but wasn't expecting them to be at the level that the aces were. the aces scored 106 points, the most ever scored by a WNBA team in a season opener. Then they go on Sunday and beat the Seattle Storm in a game, again, that must be a must-watch for everybody. Uh, and that under hit in that game with an overinflated total. That was something to kind of note, too, after really high-scoring games like that 106. You might see an overreaction in the market. and Maybe you can get some value on an under. I found lots of value on unders versus the, uh, in the Aces games last year. So... Um, that said, the under did hit in that Storm Aces Sunday game, and the Aces covered. They were three-and-a-half-point favorites. They won by 11, and let me tell you, so what did I learn Saturday? Don't live bet just yet, and I almost went in early on this game. Storm went down early, and you got them at plus 10, and as I said just now, they lost by 11. At one point, it was 10-and-a-half, and I almost grabbed it, and then I thought, hmm, let me see. Let me see what happens because it was the first quarter. It was the first quarter I'm trying to live bet here. And I was like, ah, getting 10 and a half with the Seattle Storm, getting double digits. And I almost took it. And now I'm really glad I didn't because they lost by 11. So live it, learn it, wait for it. Don't do the live betting if you don't have to. Let's see how everything shakes out. Uh, a lot can happen between now and Tuesday. So as always, you can check out Twitter for whatever my final plays end up being. 
Uh, but that's where I'm at right now. Thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles City Cast. New shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. More LA action on Wednesday. I'll be back. I hope you are too for the Los Angeles City Cast presented by Bet Rivers.